0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff and management.
1: We carry on through our day as if everything is just fine. But for many of us, it's merely a mask covering up all the emotion simmering just under the surface. Welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership with Shameen Sadiq. In this program, you'll hear from others who face the same adversities in life as the rest of us. But these individuals have redirected their energies to creating extraordinary ideas and concepts. Find out what they are and what's behind the motive. Now, here is your host, Shameen Sadiq.
2: Hello, and welcome to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. I'm Shameen Sadiq, and I'm your host for this show, which um, you are listening to the first episode of, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be uh, here with you today. So I wanted to start by talking about what this show actually is and why I created it. Uh, to do that, I thought it would be helpful, rather than me just speaking all on my own for 20 minutes or an hour about it, to bring my dear friend and colleague, Kat Hay, to join me so that we can do this in a co-creative, conversational way. So welcome, Kat. Hi, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that you're here with me today. Me too. Uh, Thanks. Kat Hay is a triple certified coach. She is an extraordinary leader and she is also a storyteller, which makes her the perfect choice to join me today. And um, I'm so happy that you're here with me. Uh, Before we begin, though, I want to tell you a little bit more about who I am and what I'm up to, and then Kat's going to interview me so that I can tell you the story of of how I came to be uh, hosting this program, and then I'm going to interview Kat after the break so we can hear her story. Uh, But first, let me say this. I am a uh, professional certified coach. I am a leadership consultant. I work with senior leaders and their teams to help them be more effective so that they can create the outcomes and results that they want to create. I also work with professional coaches. I am a trainer and mentor of coaches who are learning to do this work with leaders as well. And then I have a third kind of bucket of work that I do, which is working with kids. And uh, this is probably the work that I'm I'm most heartfelt about, is to work with elementary school children in what I call power circles, where we come together on a monthly basis and talk about um, what they want to create what in their life is existing that supports them, and what in their life is in their way. And then we work on how to uh, overcome those obstacles and move towards what they want to create. So, with that, um, let's get started, Kat. Sounds
3: good to me. I'm right here with you, Xiaomi.
2: Great. So, I wanted to start by talking about what this show is, um, Stories from the Heart of Leadership. What I know is that many of us walk around all day with our facade or our game face, as I like to call it, on, and we sometimes think that um, nobody else is experiencing what we're experiencing. Case in point, um, I have two children, two boys, and they're right now age 12 and 9. The light of my life, the delight of my life, but sometimes when we leave our house in the morning. There's a screaming match going on inside the door. Get your shoes on. Where's your coat? Do you have your homework? What about your lunch? You know the drill, right? (laughs) So... I, I'm screaming at them and then I open my front door and right in front of me across the street is my neighbor and she comes out of her house and says, Good morning, Shamin and I say, Good morning and we have this lovely, you know, what a beautiful day kind of conversation. When one second before I was a screaming banshee in my in my front door. So I leave the house thinking, oh, God, she's got it all together and I must be completely you know, awful because I was yelling at my kids when in reality she may have been having something going on inside her door as well before she walked outside. So what I want to talk about is the stuff that goes on on the inside, Uh, the things that we tell ourselves that either support us or get in our way in moving towards what we say we want, the things that we've had to overcome or live through in order to be the person that we are today, and um, just that, that stuff that really goes unspoken a lot of the time. I want to bring that into the light, and that's why I've created this show, so that we can hear from people just like you and me who are living their lives, doing something maybe ordinary, maybe extraordinary, but have had to overcome some stuff in order to get to the place where they are right now. so, I, can I jump in? Yeah, please do. Okay. I
3: mean, here's the, here's the thing I know. Like, I've known you since what, 2007. Yes. And um, I am more excited now knowing you than I was back then. And even then, it was, I remember chasing you out to the parking lot <laughs> and saying, oh my gosh, I got to get to know you from one of the classes that we're in uh, together. And, and, ne- and I, just the maturity at the same time as. The heart that is so you, Shamin, just continues to get brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And case in point is is this show, this moment.
2: Thank you, Kathy. Thanks. I appreciate that. Mm. Yeah. And there have been things that I've had to live through and overcome in order to get to this place. And I'm not done yet. I'm a work in progress. And there's still more more ahead of me, more learning and more uh, experiences that will help me grow. So,
3: so give me some ideas of some of those and help our audience understand who are you, Shambin Zadek?
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh. Um, you know, about six years ago, I started to realize that, um, some things needed to be different. I had made a big career change into executive coaching and leadership development from a largely accidental career that I had in the public service previous to all of this. And, um, but some things were changing on the home front. I had two small children and a husband, and, um, uh, I was noticing that, um, there wasn't as much connection as I, Wanted, And I started to wonder whether this was a relationship that was going to um, carry on in its current form. Fast forward uh, two and a half years ago, I separated from my husband. And I'm happy to report that today he is one of my best friends and, and my kids. So this is in no way a, a disparaging story about him. But it is a story about me and how I was able to navigate through a very, very difficult time. Um, one of the things that I knew that I wanted was to live with love and joy. And in fact, I, I wrote that down. I, I I wrote it as a vision for myself, a, a large V vision. It wasn't like a two-year-old something like that. It was a statement about how I wanted my life to be. And... Uh, with that guiding me, I, I took steps to deepen my practice um, in my work, but also in my life. Um, try to exhaust all possibilities before we came to the decision that we came to, and then to try to uh, restart, actually, or, or begin a new life when that chapter ended. So it's been a, an interesting journey and along the way, um, I've had the support of many, many amazing people in my circle who have helped. And uh, what else should I say about that? <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, I, I walked with you on this part of the journey as well, and um, it was hard. There was no two ways about it. It was crunchy. It was, uh, it was g- growth, and it was a, a, a certain death of certain ways. Um, and again, it's like, how do you feel that you emerged from that experience?
2: Yeah, I think it took me into the the darkest places that I'd ever had to. Um, what? Mm-hmm asked myself would would leave an okay an okay marriage to uh, pursue love and joy and this richness and this aliveness that I wanted, that I wasn't feeling in that in that at that time. Um, and I also think that on a professional front too, uh, it's almost a mirror for me throughout or uh, something that gets mirrored throughout my story is um, this saying goodbye to something that isn't serving me and hello to something without really knowing what the new thing is or is at that moment. And uh, in, the, in the time um, leading up to the present moment, I'm just going to fast forward a little bit. Uh, yeah, good. Two and a half years ago, I, I started my life as a single mother and a sole homeowner and an entrepreneur. Um, it hasn't been easy Uh, The work is great, and I'm very, very uh, blessed to be in high demand and to to do my work well, but it hasn't been an easy road for me. Um, uh, So, somehow along the way, I, I managed to make it all work, and it's working really, really well, and... I began to ask myself at the beginning of 2013, what is it that I'm really up to? I've kind of, you know, I've, I've, I've managed to navigate through all of this. My career is kind of going uh, reasonably well. People are asking for my services. But I have this sense of something beyond where I am now or something broader that life is inviting me to step into. And I wasn't quite sure what that was. And so I really sat, um, and this is um, kudos to my own um, uh, therapist and coach uh, who held me in the question and wouldn't let me kind of get away with not answering mm-hmm. this question, which is what do I yearn for and what is next for me? Mm-hmm. Trying to, you know, kind of make something happen um, with allowing that question to deepen and form and shape. So I did that. I sat in that question for many months. And the end of last year, I I found myself uh, saying, I want my voice out there. I want my voice out there. And I didn't know what I meant, except I was thinking maybe, you know, my book. I, I've been writing a book. I write poetry. I take photography. And I thought, I just want my voice to be out there and heard, my message to be heard by a larger group of people. I can only... You know, coach so many people one-on-one. I can work with a number of teams and leaders. But how do I get the voice, my voice, out there? The funniest thing was, a few days later, I got a phone call from this station, Voice America, <laughs> Voice America, and I just about fell over when I received the phone call. I couldn't believe it.
3: Well, the timing is amazing. And and I guess it's it's surreal at the same time as, well, of course it's perfect.
2: Exactly. And I mean, it's a big part in, in my whole story. And and I'm sure we're going to hear in your story too. Mm. Um, so the the idea for this show came about. I, I started thinking, I said yes after I thought about the, uh, the question, did I want to host a show? I thought yes. I started to think about what I might... Um, what I do and what the show might be. And at the time when I was beginning to think about all that, a number of things happened. I was answering the question, what do I yearn for? What really matters to me? And um, through this sitting in that question, I came to something that I didn't really realize, which is so kind of simple and basic that it almost surprised me in its in its simplicity, which is I want people to know that they're not alone. I mm. want to know that that the experience that they're having, somebody else has had that experience too. That there's, or if it's not exactly the same, it's something similar. That we share something as human beings that that game face, we may not ever talk about. And so I became aware that part of this broadening life purpose of mine or professional purpose of mine was to have people realize and feel that they're not alone. And almost immediately after realizing that, I had a number of things that happened to me, one right after the other. The first thing was I was here alone with my son, my younger son, one day, and I choked. And um, after I I choked, I couldn't breathe. I I just stopped breathing, and we had to call 911, and it was a very frightening experience. I thought that I was going to die. Thankfully, that isn't how it played out, but... um, If there was anything that I was afraid of most, it was my own death and leaving my children without a mother. And I got to see that kind of right up close and personal. A few days after that, someone who I had been in relationship with for eight months uh, decided that, that he wanted to end the relationship. So that was fairly devastating. Um, and after that, we had a terrific ice storm here in Toronto where I live that um, had me and my kids uh, cowering in our beds for one night. This was before Christmas, as tree limbs in my backyard covered with ice were crashing down onto our deck and into our backyard, and all I could think was, please let us be safe. Please let us be uh, unharmed as this uh, huge tree. Just kept falling, dropping limbs one after the other through the night. So um, those three things in in a row um, had me feeling pretty alone. I have to say, I was feeling really, really alone, and um, I just I decided that I was not going to be quiet about it. I decided that I wasn't going to suffer in silence, and so I began to reach out to my neighbors, to my friends, my global community, Facebook community tell people what I was living through, and what amazed me was how much um, love and support came back, and so it was just this beautiful mirroring, again, of if I want people to know that they're not alone, how great that I get the chance to feel and know that I'm not alone, even when I feel like I am. Well, I, I
3: think what you're talking about here so much, Shamine. Uh, 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 again, and we're just is, is there's a building up of this uh, awareness and, into like a, a building into resilience.
2: Yes, yes. And that's one of the things that I think underpins all of this is um, how do we build the, the resilience to be able to weather these kinds mm-hmm. of um, events, if you like. And one of the things that I was uh, both amazed and grateful for is is this notion of resilience i was amazed because i thought i was pretty resilient and here i i really felt alone like if i ever needed to have the experience of what it was i was thinking i was here to remedy i sure got it Mm -hmm. despite everything i felt so completely alone and then the other side of the coin is how um resilient i actually am Despite that feeling alone and the excruciating pain and the crying that I did every day for about, um, despite that, there is a certain amount of resilience that I was able to tap into, and that helped sustain me, my own resilience and the resilience by being held in a community of people who care, and this is a local and a global community. Yeah. So that that those are two things that I, I just was. Very um, surprised and delighted to experience.
3: Well, putting that all together is like, where where does it take us? you like, what's next?
2: Hmm. That's a great. Uh, I'm thinking that there may be something next, and I don't want to. I don't want to jump the gun here. Mm. Like, what may be next is having some sort of center for resilience, center for human resilience, a place Mm -hmm. where people come to learn, to grow, to um, uh, build more resilience. And there are many modalities that can help us do that. Um, One of them, the one that I'm most um, proficient and expert in is leadership development. It's a big piece of it. Mm -hmm. Many other things that um, I think humans need and could avail themselves of that would be helpful.
3: Awesome. Well, timing is beautiful.
2: It is, because we are going to go to a break. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and before um, we do that, I want to let you know that there's a power circle coming up in Toronto on February 27th. If you go to my website at AnjaliLeadership.com and click on Retreats, you will see um, how to register for that. So, something that some of you might want to make yourselves um, aware of. Thanks so much, and we'll be back in a moment.
0: become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash world talk radio
1: What? Like networking is a contact sport. The more contacts and connections you make, the greater your success. If you're a business owner, sales agent, or job seeker, it's all about the connection. If you want help in your corner, pick up a copy of Knockout Networking today by speaker and author Michael Goldberg. Michael's book will absolutely help you generate more prospects, more referrals, and more business or more job leads or even more social connections. Knockout Networking will help you feel more confident speaking with people you don't know. Determine who your target market is, the best way to introduce yourself at business meetings, how to deliver an elevator pitch, follow-up, and how to generate more leads. Social media isn't always the answer, but Knockout Networking is. Visit knockoutnetworking.com to pick up your copy of Michael Goldberg's book, Knockout Networking. Remember, nothing happens in business without a connection, so make the right connections. Visit knockoutnetworking.com today.
0: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio.
1: Boxing, like networking, is a contact sport. The more contacts and connections you make, the greater your success. If you're a business owner, sales agent, or job seeker, it's all about the connection. If you want help in your corner, pick up a copy of Knockout Networking Today by speaker and author Michael Goldberg. Michael's book will absolutely help you generate more prospects, more referrals, and more business, or more job leads, or even more social connections. Knockout Networking will help you feel more confident speaking with people you don't know. Determine who your target market is, the best way to introduce yourself at business meetings, how to deliver an elevator pitch, follow-up, and how to generate more leads. Social media isn't always the answer, but Knockout Networking is. Visit KnockoutNetworking.com to pick up your copy of Michael Goldberg's book, Knockout Networking. Remember, nothing happens in business without a connection, so make the right connections. Visit KnockoutNetworking.com to You are listening to stories from the heart of leadership. If you have a question or comment, or just want to find out more about our program, please send Shamin an email. Her email address is shamin at Leadership.com. That's S-H-A-H-M-E-E-N at A-N-J-A-L-I leadership.com. Now, back to Stories from the Heart of Leadership.
2: Hi, welcome back. This is Shamin Sadik and I'm here with Kat Hay, and you're listening to Stories from the Heart of Leadership. Um, so no story would be complete without uh, a fun story about the beginning, and um, I realized over the break that the connection from my end was not of the greatest quality for the first segment of our show. So hopefully this method will work just fine, and we're just going to carry on. Sounds good to me. Good. So Kat, um, tell us a little bit more about you and what you're up to today, and then we'll hear your story of how you created uh, Teams Work and Connect to Inspire.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Happy to do so. Happy, happy. So the first thing I did is before I came onto this is I wrote myself a little, a little something to put in my pocket, a little note that says, I give myself permission to be excited, imperfect, and uncool. Uh, so I just want to show up and be seen. So I, I just want you to know I threw that in my pocket a little while ago.
2: I love that. I love that. Here's to uncool. And Yay! Family. Yay!
5: <laughs> well, I could add goofy too. So,
2: yeah. um, so you, you, we asked about. So what
5: am I up to now? Um, I like you. Am you know certified in, as a coach and facilitator? I do a lot of work with with teams and leadership roles through systems systems coaching, systems thinking, and Uh, I'm on the faculty for CRR Global and and love what I do, love what I do with teams. Bring a lot of StrengthsFinder into it through the Gallup uh, system. And so that's basically inspiring authentic leadership in our everyday leaders in the corporate world. And, you know, authenticity to me is like finding that courage Mm. and that imperfectness, and I I put it into my little note for myself, to set up boundaries, something that I've had to learn, um, and follow my face a lot about, and allow ourselves to be vulnerable. And I think that's one of the scariest people for people, place for people to go at any time. Is,
2: mm-hmm.
5: You know, vulnerable is
2: just like in our in our culture, it's like a dirty word. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. And this really goes along with what we were saying earlier about that game face and wanting to look yeah. like we've got it all together. When um, there's some power in being who we really are. All of who we really are.
5: All of who we really are. And, and, it, and I think it's our lifetime. I think that's our our outer purpose at all time, or maybe our inner purpose, whichever it might work for, <laughs> either way, um, is to grow more and more into who we're supposed to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: And and that's a lifetime.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: That's a lifetime. Mm-hmm. So it, it is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I work a lot with the teams, and I also started do, doing a lot of speaking engagements, and this is where I call myself a storyteller. And uh, it's in those moments that I'm able to bring back in stories that maybe have been told to me uh, or are about me.
2: <laughs> yes.
5: Right. Right. <laughs> and, 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 yeah, so there, it's exciting moments and powerful moments to be up on those stages. And, no, I mean, Elizabeth Lesser, I, wrote one, I read one of her books called Broken Open. It's quite a very famous book of hers. And she quotes in there, there's a story within this book or could be within this conversation, that can inspire and strengthen you wherever you are on your journey. And and I love that. Mm -hmm. I love
2: that. Mm -hmm. I love that, too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've seen you inspire so many people through your blogs and your speaking engagements. And then, of course, we've had the the pleasure, the absolute pleasure, of working together with some of our clients. Tell me a little bit more about what led you into all of this.
5: Well, I mean, gosh, I can go back to like like when I was like five or very old in kindergarten, right? Oh, here, let me lie down on the couch and talk about this now. Um, but, it, you know, I remember back then in grabbing hold of my best friend. He was like a day younger than me or something like this and saying, okay, we're going to kindergarten. And he's like, no, 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 I don't want to go. And I'm like, it's going to be Okay. And and yeah. back then, yeah, it could be a leader moment at that age or it, it could have been just like this massive protective thing that I mm. had going on, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 that was a thread all the way through and still remains a thread. I try to catch it that it you know, I mean heck it even played out on the team a couple of weeks ago, but um what I want to look at that and be able to say. So, what is the thread? Yes, it's about being really a protective kind of person, creating that safe space. But at the same time, it's about uncovering all that. It really was about heart and about soul. Mm-hmm. And and that's and that's where you know I went into travel and tourism, and and uh, it was my passion. It was not my passion as much as it was my mom and dad's passion. But. Ah. Uh, you know, it took me a little while to figure that out. And it wasn't it wasn't honestly until nine eleven, 11 which caused many tour companies and many businesses and many changes occurred in the world because of, you know, those moments. But I was able to then kind of look and go, what's always been the important factor here has been the people. Yeah. And the stories that I've shared or heard or, or the connections that I've had with these people. And whatever it was, Whatever I was doing or taking them to wherever, that was always secondary.
2: Yeah. Always wow. secondary. Wow. So How many
5: years were you in that in that work? 35. Wow. <laughs> in total. Wow. Oh. And even actually, you know, took over my mom and dad's businesses. they retired out of it, spent another year in it, which, is, you know, brings me up to my, that 35 years. Um, but at the same time, you know, it's a good 14, 15 years that I started into the the coaching and the facilitation work um, and some of it overlapped,
2: yeah, yeah, but what didn't overlap, I'm hearing you say is the this connection and the heart being the the thing that, the thread that traveled through both it, it it was, and and you know even then, I
5: was like, H- "How does this work?" But I recognized even in high school, <laughs> I knew every teacher. I knew there were right. Tories. Right. And I hardly knew a soul in school. In fact, I I went to one reunion, and they couldn't figure out what grade I was in because nobody recognized me from, you know, grade 12, and nobody recognized me from grade 13. At that time, it was those kind of things. I'm like, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> I know I was.
2: <laughs> oh, Wow. Um, we were talking earlier today, and you told me a story about the apple lady and I love yes. it if you would share that story with us because oh. so it's such a great example of um, you and relationship and stories.:
5: Well, thank you. I mean I love this, and i haven't thought of this in so long um, and gosh, this lady she was she was an elder in our community back then, so she was you know well over eighty, who knows. Um, and I was God, maybe 21, 22 years of age. It was early in my career, um, and I did a lot of motorcoach uh, tours around Canada, United States, over mm-hmm. to Europe, and so on and so forth, um, as well. And this lady, she was she was just a delight. She was very unassuming, but she had she had a quality. She had just this shine about her. She reminded me of a little apple doll. You know those mm. apple dolls that were so popular in the you know, '80s, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's perpetual, lovely little cheeks and big smile, and she was telling me about coming from a family that had an apple orchard, and she could tell every kind of apple. She knew the taste of it. She knew how to best ones make a, a, an apple pie, um, and 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 just she just you were able to connect with her in such a beautiful way. And I and I look back and I go, oh, it's because of my relationship and she was able to, my ability to be in relationship and my connections, she was able to talk about it. But, but I also recognize that as I step back that she had a story to tell. And her comfort was in that moment of maybe a historical story or, you know, something she knew really, really well. Mm-hmm. But she found her voice in being able to, talk about it out loud. She was. She told me or anybody around her, it's not that she got at the front of the motor coach and started talking out loud about it. But that was, I started to connect. This is what storytelling is about.
2: Mm. This is what it looks like.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing that at that time, you weren't really aware that that's what you were doing. It's on no. reflection now that you can see that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah.
5: and it really wasn't. I mean, these last, well, let me see, three, or, three years or so have been and you know you know you've walked here with me so you know exactly what it's all about but you know I stepped on a golf ball messed up my right foot haven't been able to walk on it mm. ever since in a perfect way um the year following i got bell's palsy which put you know my left side of my face down and completely paralyzed and then a year later and last year i and it had trigeminal neuralgia which is they call it a suicide pain and oh, oh my gosh it it so I look at it and I think, well, a lot of this happened to the left side of my face and and um, it, what I realized is I had to do one of the hardest things, I think, in the whole wide world that people face, and especially women, uh, men too, but especially women, is that asking for help. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah.
5: yeah. No. And, yeah. and it was... I had to have a team. I had to have a team around me, uh, you know, friends that I leaned on when I just really needed to talk, um, people that I needed to um, help me, you know, with with their their abilities, their therapies, and so on and so forth. And and these people were here for me. Wow. And And um, like kind of floating back and lying in that, I never was alone. Right. Right. And and yet, like you've talked about, I felt like I was alone. You know, once the door closed and everything like that, I was
2: alone. Yeah, yeah. I remember one conversation between the two of us in particular, or a non-conversation where you had asked me to um, talk with you, and for some reason my calendar, I, I messed up with my calendar and wasn't able to. And um, I remember that because I felt so terrible for leaving you alone. And I think you you told me afterwards that it was um it was a low
5: point it was a low point, it was a very low point, and you know um I had to continue to reach out and think, you know what else do I need and and I recognized that my body wasn't going to heal um and my brain wasn't going to be able to override any of this mm-hmm. uh, until I went into the place where um i I succumbed to you know Whatever I needed to succumb to, and um I mean that's word succumb sounds really crazy, but I really needed to I started with a therapist and started dismantling all the old beliefs and all the old traumas um and we all have them, you know, and it doesn 't have to be a huge trauma that thinks, oh no, their trauma's worse than my trauma <laughs> it's right. not about that right um, I started really doing a lot of work with uh, the Dr. Brene Brown, a research professor out of the University of Houston. Graduate School of Social Work, anyway. she She's read, written many, many amazing books, and if the audience is listening to this, if you haven't had a chance to see her on the TED Talks on shame and another one she did on vulnerability. But it, it's through that, you know, when she starts talking about what's the difference between shame and perfectionism, mm-hmm. and I think about that, you know, for us in our work that we do with our leaders, um, not only, you know, there, but also in our everyday world, is that her research shows that where perfectionism exists, shame is always lurking in fact, she yeah. says that shame is the birthplace of perfectionism, and really that 's about wearing the masks yeah it 's another way of looking at it um, so of course there's no surprise that you know the where you're looking at we're all normal we 're never alone or normalizing that we're you know we think we're alone, and the way that I look at how perfect was I trying to be
2: until my body said no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, how much, and how much shame you had to kind of um, oh. allow to surface in order to yeah. surrender. Yeah. And ask for that help. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Wow. You know, what I love about this is the parallel between um, the stories. So, you know, your story about the apple lady and her story about the apples, Yes. Um, you know the story of she grew up on the apple farm, and so all of this is who uh, uh, what shaped her into who she is today or was today at, at the day that you met her, yes. and now you're sharing your story with us yeah of how that um, I call it an accidental career, but maybe that's not what it was for you, but one that somebody else told you you should be in led you um, through that experience to this extraordinary um, ability to connect. And then this dismantling, in a way, of your defenses so that you could actually surrender and ask for help and and allow yourself to heal with the aid of others. Mm-hmm.
5: And, it, of, and it, it couldn't have been done, you know, I couldn't have done that part without having done the other part. Yes. Like exactly. There's steps. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um,
5: and the world, you know, doesn't allow us to do the steps
2: out of step. That's right. That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, we're about to go to another break, but when we come back, I want to talk more about this notion of these steps um, and the sequencing of things and how um, we grow through our experiences. And we can do this co-creatively for the for the last segment of the show and talk, just have a conversation about it together. So, um, cool. Before we go to break, though, I do want to let you know if you happen to be a professional coach or a leadership development uh, professional or an HR professional. You might want to know about some upcoming trainings that I'm teaching. Um, I am a facilitator and trainer for the Leadership Circle, and we have profile certifications happening in Toronto on April 9th to 11th, in Chicago, May 7th to 9th, in the Washington, D.C. area, June 11th to 13th, and in Denver, October 1st to 3rd. Those are all the ones that I'm teaching, and if you want to know more about that, you can check out theleadershipcircle.com for more information. So we're going to take a a short break, and when we come back, uh, more from Kat and me on stories from the heart of leadership.
0: We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, Blackberry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, Blackberry App World, or Android Market.
3: What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
4: Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com.
0: spirituality positive thought current events and even more about your favorite host it's just a click away at vapresspass.com that's vapresspass.com va PressPass by voice america all access all the time become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash world talk radio
1: are listening to stories from the heart of leadership if you have a question or comment or just want to find out more about our program please send Shamine an email her email address is shamine at Leadership.com. that's s-h-a-h-m-e-e-n at a-n-j-a-l-i leadership.com now back to stories from the heart of leadership
2: welcome back I'm Shameen Sadik, and I'm here with Kat Hay, and we're talking about um, stories from the heart of leadership, and we're talking about our stories in particular. Over the break, I was thinking about how we'd like to um, finish our time with you today, and there was a, a metaphor that I wanted to share. It's one of the lotus flower, and it really aligns with um, what we've been talking about here today in the sense that it's our experiences, it's our our story or our experiences as we grow through life and live life that shape us into who we are today. And a lotus flower is is kind of similar in the sense that its roots are in the mud. Lotus flowers uh, grow in murky kind of um, stagnant water, ponds and so on. And it's a beautiful flower if you ever have seen one sitting on the surface of the water, um, nestled into the surface of the water. But the stem and the roots... Um, extend down through this murky water and the roots are really in the mud of the bottom of the pond. And for me, this is just a a beautiful metaphor about these steps that Kat was talking about that we have to go through to to become this beautiful flower that we've really always been all along, but to live through these murky experiences and this mucky stuff and um, make our way through life in order to offer our gifts. And that's how I see us humans. What do you think about that, Kat? I
5: love it. I'm just sitting here, actually, you know, my head's just nodding away, kind of like one of those little things from the back of the car for years ago. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking about, you know, we really do need to, for us to become that flower, we have to believe that we are good enough, that we are beautiful enough Mm -hmm. to be that flower.
2: Mm -hmm. And
5: we do have to go into the murky, and we do have to, you know, shadow and and all of these. I, I fully believe that, and we can only do it when our time is. And we really can't force anybody to, you know, when the time's not
2: there to do it, it's not right. There have been so many times when I've tried to make something happen. I've I felt some anxiety about something or maybe the, the money isn't flowing as, as uh, plentifully as I would like or in as timely fashion as I would like. And I jump into action right away like, let me do something to make this happen, mm-hmm. um, which usually ends up not working so well. Well, you
5: know, when, uh, I have to smile and bring a giggle to this, but you know, when we see things don't look well, and you know, we've been together at the front of the room, um, and and I think of the times that they've been absolutely beautiful, and I've been maybe a little bit more unconscious to like why are they beautiful, but much, very very conscious of when they don't go pretty.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They being the the people, the engagement, the conversation,
5: all of the above. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think about when we move. You know, we were working out west. You know, with that team, and gosh, you know, I still use I still use stories and tales from uh, those moments for us at the front of the room to help leaders in this moment in time. Um, really pivotal. Yeah. But yeah. here's one thing I do really want to say is before our time is up that I didn't, you know, I always thought I knew what I brought to the room and everything like that. And I talked about this very early in my conversation. It was just like grabbing hold of the, you know, the the boy next door and saying, "Here, let's go." Right. And I'll bring protect that. you. That's yeah. right. Yeah, I'll yeah. protect you. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's what I thought. That that's my role or my job. Walking into any front of the room situation or anything like that. But it was it was not until I got to work with you, Charmaine, that. Um, you taught me how to bring heart into the room, hmm. and I, I don't know that. Yeah, yeah, I, who knows whether I've learned it? You know, would have learned it any differently or anything like that. But you, you made it safe for me to bring heart into the room. It's just I, one love yeah, I, I love just that. Yeah, I love that. Thank idea. you. Yeah.
2: Thank you. Yeah. And and the gift that you bring that you you bring so many gifts and the one that you always thought was your primary um and your learning you know is is only one of many this fierceness that you bring is what helped me when we first began to work together i was all heart (laughs) i was all heart and uh not a lot of fierce and not a lot of um ground under my feet i was uh I was um, easygoing and harmonious and liked things to be on an even keel, and I wasn't particularly fond of conflict. So when we started working together, I remember the first time we stood in front of a team together and uh, going home and saying, My God, she has so much power. She has so much um, authenticity. She can speak her truth. She just says what is true for her, whether they like it or not. And I knew in that moment that I wanted some of that. And that is the part in my story where I began to look for that. And part of how I found it was by being in relationship with you and the experiences that we had together. And. You know, we even bumped up against each other quite a yeah. few times as I was practicing my fierce and <laughs> you were practicing your heart. <laughs> <laughs> it was not pretty
5: sometimes. But no, <laughs> what, what was it? Is it like Zena the the warrior? Is that Zena the warrior princess? You there called you go. Me. <laughs> there you go. That's what I knew. We had a, a good name for you and everything like that. And yeah. and it's these kind of stories that uh, and these kind of events and these kind of you know it's you've taught me more about being in relationship. Um, than a lot a lot of people I've known over the years. And I think that that's really, really important to acknowledge here as well. So not to bump you all up to be, <laughs> oh, why not? What the hell? Uh, um, But there is just something about um, what we bring together in our relationship is is strength and is connection and is heart and is fierceness. Yeah. And, and I think that that's that's what everyone can find and, and then be able to live through the bumps and, you know, go deeper into relationship, even through the bumps and the, and the messiness.
2: You know, what I'm noticing as we're talking about this is that um, this thing about not being alone, I mean, there's one thing about not being alone because we were partnered together in some of our work, so we weren't alone, and we were able to bring these gifts that we each had and then complement you know my gift of heart, your gift of fierce, you know together um bringing them together but but the other thing that we were doing along the way, and that is the part about this um growth is we were rubbing off on each other our our gifts were um which were already seated in each of us, like my I had fear seated somewhere in me, I just hadn 't opened it up to the light as yet, and you as well, there was heart underneath everything you were doing. But because you were so sure that your job was to protect everyone, it never got any Um, airtime. And then as we began to uh, come together, i.e. not be alone, we began to um, find those parts of ourselves or allow more of those new parts of ourselves to to uncover themselves and to become part of the wholeness of each of us. So we were becoming... um, not alone in our gifts as well. Like our our own growth was happening on this parallel track as we were growing together.
5: Mm -hmm. And I
2: think that's what's so beautiful about this is if we're talking about not being alone, there's a a realization that we're never alone because we're always um, in community, uh, that we still have spirit, we still have the earth under our feet. But then there's this other part about why not partner with someone? Nobody has to do any of this stuff on their own um, and grow that way too yeah there's i I love
5: everything that you've just just said so eloquently as well, and the fact that there's like a surrender mm-hmm. mm. there's that surrender like I had to surrender for these last three years until and I feel great now um, and I'm happier than I've been, and I'm at a, such a different I'm such a different place,
2: mm-hmm. but I had to surrender mm-hmm. whereas before I thought I could make it happen. And I think sometimes people think that surrender means um, defeat or passive or wimpy or, or something like that. Or powerlessness. Right. Absolutely. Or we, yeah. So, but what we're talking about is um, something that requires a lot of strength. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes I call it putting my weapons down. And it's not putting my weapons down and saying, come come and kill me now. <laughs> like, come and, you know, you know, pierce my heart. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying um, I there's nothing to defend against. I'm putting my weapon down. I don't need to defend against this any longer. Mm-hmm. I don't need to fight against this any longer. Yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, uh,
5: more and more i look at it, the more I study. Of course, now, because I thought Brene's work was so amazing, I started to start study with her. And, um, you know, this piece on perfectionism, and I started writing blogs about it. Um, and And it's really about... Perfectionism is the belief that we have to look perfect, live yes. perfect, be perfect, right. and you know, and we want to do all that because we really we want to avoid any blame, shame, judgment, mm. you know that kind of thing and And the truth of it is if you take it's nothing but just a t- a twenty ton shield you know you talk about the mask, yes, yeah, I mean that's what this all is. you know you opening the door at the same time your neighbor well, that's really just a uh, Amir, right? Yes, exactly. Knowing <laughs> full well that she's probably screaming and yelling at her kids, but the makeup, <laughs> she's not,
2: right? <laughs> right.
5: Just like right. she's probably made up that you haven't been.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, one of the best things that happened recently was I was at a basketball tournament last year, and I was sitting, or last week, I should say, and I was sitting with um, two parents of. Uh, we all have kids on the team, and they're all in the same class. And they were complimenting me on my kids and how, you know, well-behaved they were and how lovely they were. And I said, well, you know, at home it's a very different story. Like we, we, we have a battle of wills sometimes at home. And they were, one of them in particular was just amazed. She said, I never in a million years would have thought that you would have struggles with your with your son. He seems so 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 sweet you seem so perfect and you're an expert in your field and you're this and you're that all the projections that she was throwing up on me that that I was this perfect mother this perfect person and it's not true i'm so not perfect so i i laughed and i said well you know this is the kind of thing that sometimes happens i mean he's a great kid they they're all great kids all of them mine hers but, you know, sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, he's been good all day. He needs a place to put his stuff down, too, and he vents at home. So I get the brunt of it. Um, and uh, two things happened. One was she started telling me about how her daughter does that, something along those lines, too. And two, I got to say to her, you know what? I thought you had it all together, too. Yeah. You look calm every time I see you, and your your child looks, you know, peaceful and sweet. Um, I would, wouldn't believe either that that would would be what was happening at home. Except that I know that that's probably what's happening at home. And the greatest gift of all is that we sat next to each other and talked about it. Yeah. That we told each other our stories, and in the telling of those stories, came into this connection that um, you know is now much much deeper, much more grounded in in our shared humanity than ever could have been.
5: Yeah, the connection okay.
2: that will be unbroken. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. 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 And those are the kind of conversations
5: I want everyone to have. I want them to have it in corporate America, Canada. Yes. You know, um, we need them there instead of that, you know, Teflon.
2: Yeah. Leader. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what we're up to, Kat. Yeah. That's what we've been doing, and we'll continue to. And um, And that's what we're doing here, too. It oh. is. It is. And if anybody wants to book us together...
5: Yahoo. You're going
2: yeah, to <laughs> yeah. So before we close, let me let me give you um, listeners the information to connect to Kat and me. Um, for Kat, you can email her at k a t at Inspire dot com, and that's connect and then the numeral two, inspire dot com. And uh, my email address is shamine at angelileadership dot com. And I think all that information is on the Voice America. Um, show page so you can grab it from there. Kat, I want to thank you so much for being here with me on my first show, which I was a little bit nervous about, and through the hiccups of our, of our time together, but the beauty of our conversation, I so thank you for being here with me today.
5: Well, it's truly like sitting in the same room with you, and you know I love doing that at any moment in time, so um, I've, had a, I've had a great time. I got to show up imperfect, and I got to give myself permission, so it was, it was excellent.
2: You sure did, and me too. <laughs> yes, you yes, did. Well, thank you, and um, thanks to the Voice America team for supporting me in, in everything re- related to getting this show uh, up and running and to the point where we launched today and through the, the technical challenges of our, of our time together. Um, next week, I've got an extra special guest. Her name is Beatrice 10th Eye, and she is my virtual assistant, so she's going to come and talk about what she's up to and what led her into that work. Until then, take care, and I look forward to uh, being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye now.
1: Thank you so much for joining us today for stories from the heart of leadership shamin Sadiq will be back next monday with another extraordinary guest at 11 a.m pacific time and 2 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel we hope you'll come back as well have a terrific week and remember you are not alone